1: 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. I believe it's a Wednesday, 704-570-1110. And guys, follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest in breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And if you've been following me on Twitter today, then you would know that I have an exclusive compared to any other media outlet in this entire great nation of ours. The only one. The only one that was able to witness and record and get audio from the forum that was going on today in South Park. It's the Republican Women of Greater Charlotte. And they did this last year with the senators, where every senator running on the Republican side showed up for a forum debate. Well, they did it this time for the North Carolina governor and lieutenant governor for all the Republican candidates. You had Dale Falwell, Jesse Thomas, Mark Walker, Andy Wells. Four of the five showed up. Mark Robinson did not. And I can tell you from talking to a lot of people, and I think I said this earlier in the week, I can't remember, maybe yesterday, that talking to a lot of people that Mark Robinson is just going to go into a bunker and not come out and hope that he survives the, um, the primary. That's what I'm hearing. That he's going to try and pull a Ted Bud, he's going to try and pull a Joe Biden, and just not, if he can absolutely do it, not have it a debate. I believe a reporter, a couple of reporters asked him earlier in the week, hey, what do you think about the casinos and the budget? No comment. Hey, what do you think about doing debates? No comment. That's where we are right now with Mark Robinson. And so, at a luncheon slash forum today, it's not, it wasn't a debate, because they weren't like asking questions about each other, but it was a forum. So you had Del Falwell, the current North Carolina treasurer who was on the show last week, Mark Walker, former congressman, you have Jesse Thomas, a CEO, and then you had Andy Wells, the former senator in North Carolina. They were all there. And it was it was good. It was good to be there. And I'm going to break it all down for you and give you the, the highs and the lows. And then coming up next segment, we're going to get into – I'm going to play some of the audio. The, this is the only place on the planet you will hear this audio. And it's the audio – I mean, I have the entire 40-minute uh, episode or an hour-long thing – Between the lieutenant governors, by the way, the two lieutenant governor candidates, Deanna Ballard and Hal Weatherman, were there. And I spoke to them. I spoke to all the candidates today. Spoke to everyone, except for I didn't get a chance to speak to Andy Wells. And a lot of those interviews will be coming over the next week or two. But the fact that Mark Robinson didn't show and the first question asked by the moderator was, hey, how are you going to overcome this lead that mark robinson has how are you going to overcome it how are you going to beat mark robinson and i can tell you that i asked that very question to the republican candidates back in june during the ncgop and at that particular point i think mark robinson had like a 40 point lead 40, 45 point lead over Mark Walker, who was in second and wasn't even close. Well, now it is like it's it's dropped a good 15, 18 points. That gap is closed just in the last three months. And the primary elections, not until March 5th. Now, there were a lot of political answers, meaning when asked questions, they gave answers that you would expect from politicians. You know, I mean, for instance, Mark Walker, when he was asked about give the three things that are you know most on your agenda in your opening two minutes and what do you plan to do as governor? And he didn't hit the last three things until like the last 15 seconds of his opening two minutes because he talked about, um, as the kids like to say, his bona fides, you know, uh, his resume. He talked about his resume and like they all did to a degree. Jesse really didn't go into his resume. He didn't he went into the actual topics. And here's what I will say about the candidates. And you're going to hear a lot of audio. And then coming up later on, I'm going to tell you my thoughts individually on how each of the four did. And I also will tell you about, you know, the lieutenant governors. Now, granted, they did not get a really chance to like talk. They each had like 2 minutes to say who they are and what they're about. And that was it. So each person, I think, got like two minutes. But the focus was on the governor, the candidates running for governor, because Josh Stein will be the candidate on the Democrat side. And I will tell you this. This isn't editorial. This is pretty much just a straight fact. If you think Roy Cooper is left, if you think he's a hard liberal— You haven't seen anything until Josh Stein gets in that office. Like you, you haven't seen it. I mean, we're talking about a man who, when the North Carolina law kicked in that you could not have an abortion after 20 weeks, right after the RV Wade last year, what, June or whatever it was, when that ruling came down. He's the one that sued to try and say, look, 20 weeks is too short. You need to be able to go much, much, much farther. And, he, and last I checked, I don't know if he ever said, but as far as I know from what I'm hearing, like I said, but I've looked and people have said, well, no, he, he wants it to be able to go full term to have an abortion. So he, he fought against 20 weeks, lost that in federal court, said no, 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 or lost, I don't know if it was state or federal court, but he lost it saying, no, what, what the North Carolina General Assembly did is fine. Talk about a man who also tried to sue to keep churches closed during COVID. And when they lost that, Roy Cooper said, no, 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 no. We're not going to appeal this. We are not appealing this. Because I think think Roy understood the political ramifications if they really tried to fight that going into the election in November of 2020. So Roy backed off on that. But what he tried to do with the elections back in 2020, when he had Mark Elias, he and Mark Elias were side by side. Let me tell you something. If you've got Mark Elias on your side, holy moly. Look out. Look out. And then, you know, the whole situation that happened with Duke Energy, and he didn't live up to his promise on that. So... A lot of people wonder if any of these candidates can beat Josh Stein, because Josh Stein's going to get 100 percent of the Democrat vote. And how much of the independent vote is he going to get? That's the question. And I think somebody said today there's been three Republican governors since Ulysses S. Grant in North Carolina. But yet Republicans can control a lot of the other things for whatever reason. They just they don't win the governor and who can beat them. Who can beat Josh Stein? Analytics will tell you that it's not Mark Robinson. That's what analytics will tell you. It can't be Mark Robinson because the independent voters will immediately, the women and the the men will go towards Josh Stein simply because of what Mark Robinson has said during the span of his life. And a lot of it being on video, a lot of it being recent just you're going to you cannot win any office in North Carolina without getting the independent voter any statewide office I should say without getting independent voters republicans are only make up 30% of the state that's it there are more unaffiliated voters than any other entity in North Carolina unaffiliated than democrat than republican you're a republican and you want to win you better get the unaffiliated and like even mark robinson's own polling shows no, he he can't get the independents because of everything that he's said about gays and blacks and women. So that leaves, can any of these four beat Josh Stein? We'll talk about that and you're gonna hear what these four candidates exclusively, you're gonna hear it here exclusively had to say about Mark Robinson when we come back. I'm Brett Jensen and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love. Hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. I am Brett Jensen. We're going up until 8 o'clock. We have got a full show, a full show, because we got a lot to get into. All right, so the first question out of the box was, how are you going to come uh, overcome the big lead that Mark Robinson has? And like I said, um, that, that lead just in the last three months has gone down quite a bit. It has gone down quite a bit as the other candidates are catching, um, specifically Mark Walker is catching, but the other candidates are gaining as well. So the question was, how are you going to catch Mark Robinson? So I will let you know that you're going to hear Jesse Thomas. And then you're going to hear Mark Walker. And then you're barely going to hear Andy Wells. It's just like I, Andy was like whispering into the microphone and it's just, it's it's difficult. I, I jumped up the audio as much as I can. And hopefully you can hear what he has to say and then you're gonna hear from Del Falwell. So first up right now, Jesse Thomas.
2: It is extreme hubris and arrogance uh, to be looking for a promotion uh, to a job that you're not qualified for, but not even willing to show up and be interviewed for. I that bothers me to know you as a business executive and as a business leader. We can do better and we can be better and I am very much focused on us winning the 2024 election. I think it's wonderful to feel good that we could possibly um, nominate the individual who's not in the room, Mr. Robinson, but can he win in the general? That's the question. I think we begin with the end in mind. Can he win the general election? That's the question we, has to, we have to wrestle with and grapple with. And I'm concerned that he cannot win with his outrageous and, and just and, and bigoted uh, statements. We can do better and we can do better. I believe that we can win because we are now at an inflection point in our body politic. We're tired of the simple Political formula of ABC anger, bigotry, and contention. My ABC is being agreeable, belonging, and collaborating. And I want to make sure that I'm focused on where no nonsense Republicans are, and I believe it is the Piedmont Crescent. It is from the Triangle through the Triad through uh, Metropolitan uh, Charlotte, and I believe there are lots of Republicans who believe, as I do, that uh, it's time to put Uh, the past behind us and look forward to the future. We've only had the uh, governor's office four years out of the last three. If we had a Republican governor, we'd already have a zero percent state income tax. And I'm committed to doing that and doing so for our senior citizens first.
1: And now comes Mark Walker, excuse me, and he did not hold back.
3: Never been one to do personal tax or even run negative ads, but these are very important contrast times, so I'm just going to give you some facts. Uh, I'm the only candidate out here that's in double digits. Uh, A good friend, uh, Dale Falwell, uh, we've outraised him three and a half times in the first 40 days that we launched this thing. If there's somebody out there that's going to take on Mark Robinson, the data shows, the statistics shows that we're the person. Why is this important? more statistics. Uh, in 2022, Republicans won independent voters by 9%. According to Mr. Robinson's own polling, he's now down 17 points among unaffiliated female voters. You can't win a statewide race if you're down 15 points among unaffiliated women voters. Probably should be saying that women can't lead in adverse situations, that's probably a detriment when you're trying to get the female vote. Uh, something that's very important, In in his polling in January, he was leading 58%, I was 8%. We closed 21 points off that gap. In fact, most of that was him. He's come down to 42%. Our goal is to get him 30, 35%, and there's a pathway through that. And and look, it's not a personal thing. If your only job experience is the assistant crew chief uh, at uh, Papa John's Pizza, not trying to be funny, last year they was asking 2022, uh, about not paying his taxes from 2006 to 2018. His response was the first tonight, then blame it on his wife, and then he said this, and this is recorded on video. Look, if I'm the one paying the taxes, somebody's going to jail because I'm not very good at math. How do you make the case then that you want to oversee a $30 billion budget? Guys, this isn't playtime. We're facing a guy, Josh Stein is not another Roy Cooper. He's a, he's a Gavin Newsom. This guy believes this stuff. And we need someone who's out there, not just a conservative, but no other Republican in the state, has won the United Negro College President's Award, given the commencement address at our HBCUs. Three months ago, I'm teaching the entrepreneurial class at the largest black college in the country. I can do so, be the conservative, and I can build bridges, not just burn them. Thank you very much.
1: Up now is Andy Wells, and I'm just going to tell you, it, it's hard to, it, it's difficult to hear. I did as much as I could with the audio. i <laughs>
4: talked to a group of activists, so I know we're not gonna change them our minds today, but there are still a lot of reporters and people that are out there not really knowing what to do or what side to take. So there are people are listening, people are talking to them, some are reportedly. The line of journal that I read. We're having conversations about what needs to be done. You can't sit as the highest elected employee official. In you can't sit there as the highest elected official in North Carolina and do nothing while we fund a startup, a startup, our company in Chad County with a billion dollars. That's not the way it works. That's not the way the last two, ten days. There, There is influence, there are things that can be done. If it's not being really done in the house, why do you think it's going to be done in the future? I'll engaged. I'll be engaged. I'm talking about these and they matter.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis, it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: All right, again, sorry about the audio. It's just That was the issue with Andy all day today. And now comes uh, North Carolina Treasurer Dale Falwell, who also didn't hold back just like Mark Walker didn't.
5: Thank you. Thank you for the question. Uh, The Lieutenant Governor has three major responsibilities. I sit on three of those boards. The Lieutenant Governor has been the most absent elected official in my 16 years in Raleigh. I have never seen him on the the community college board meeting as we have had to hire and fire two presidents. I rarely see him at the State Board of Education meeting and you can look at what his attendance rate is on presiding over the Senate. And I say this as prayerfully as I can. I pray for him and I pray for his donors because I think his donors are getting fleeced to his campaign. Thank you. This is a mirror. And what's happening is we have elected officials who look in this mirror all the time. When what they should be doing is look at what's in this mirror right now, which is all of you. Conservatism is not what you say, it's what you do. I know who I am and I know who I belong to. And as the next governor of North Carolina, I'm going to focus on not on rage, but another word that has that inside it: courage. C-O-U-R stands for heart. And what that means is you have to have the vision to see what needs to be seen, the humility to listen for what needs to be heard and the courage to act on what needs to be done. And the reason, I can't answer for why the Lieutenant Governor's not here. He's not gonna show up at any of these as far as any of us are concerned. The reason he's not here is that you cannot participate in one of these events with one of these in your ear where somebody will tell him what to say. Conservatism is what you do, not what you say. And that's what I've done for the last 16 years in public service. The root word of conservative is to conserve. The root word of governor is to govern. In your constitution, it says the governor's number one responsibility is to originate the budget. That's what I've done as the keeper of the public purse, and that's what I will do as the governor of North Carolina. Thank you. All right. So
1: those are the four candidates uh, that spoke about Mark Robinson, and they went on and talked about some other things and some other questions. But I thought those answers were the most pertinent. And so when we come back, I'm going to break it down for you. Winners, losers, and just give you some thoughts on how the day went, on how some of the questions were answered, and the demeanor of some of the candidates as well. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. We're going up until 8 o'clock and coming up in a little bit I'll talk about the mayoral race last night and the local government races and things like that happened last night while I was out there at the mayor's watch party last night. Okay, so let's get back to this forum that took place courtesy of the Republican Women of Greater Charlotte and it was happening in South Park today, a private event that I, was, uh, that I gained access to. So, The first thing I want to do before I talk about the winner and losers, I want you to hear, I think it's about a 90-second audio clip. Back in June, I was either one of one, no more than one of two reporters that actually got to interview Mark Robinson, because I think he showed up on the last day. And I asked him specifically about a lot of these controversial comments that he's made. Women, gays, a lot of things and this was his answer if you win the republican primary yes. the left is definitely going to start trying to bring up some of the past and the comments sure. and videos and stuff sure. like that sure. what's your reaction to that how will you combat that
6: my reaction to that is going to be simple uh and it's going to be uh, part of uh something i stand on the constitution For far too long in this country, folks have been told that they're unqualified to be in office because maybe you had something bad in your background, uh, or maybe you had some financial trouble in your background, or maybe because you expressed opinions that that were unpopular. Opinions are guaranteed under the Constitution of the United States of America. The First Amendment is our ability to speak freely. What, the, what it all boils down to is this, being adult enough to set your opinions aside to get the job done for a greater good. I've proven that I can do that in my work life, in my, in my, uh, uh, in my personal life, uh, in my private life. Uh, I, I've done it all the time. I'm mature enough to set those opinions aside, to work with people of different opinions to get the job done. The same thing will exist as governor, and I think that the message we're going to send to the people of North Carolina is going to translate that, and they're going to vote for us.
1: So that was my – I spoke to him, I think, for like three minutes, and that was one of the questions that I spoke to Mark Robinson about because those comments that he's made, it, they're going to come back, and it's because of those comments that, like, even his own data is showing that he can't get independent women, and he's probably not going to get a lot of the independent men either. So that means can any of these four, Dale Falwell, Mark Walker, Jesse Jesse Thomas, and Andy Wells, can they can they beat Josh Stein? Let's just start off with Andy Wells. Andy Wells, I I don't know if he's ever used a microphone before. And I'm not trying to be flippant, but for whatever reason, he just could not speak into a microphone and you couldn't hear him. And you heard the jacked up audio of me trying to manipulate it, make it a little bit better, but it was distorted. But here's what I was told about Andy Wells. Someone told me this, that he's basically – In this race to play the role of Chris Christie, meaning when he gets on stage, his job, his only job, is to go after Mark Robinson, to be the sacrificial lamb, if you will, and just to obliterate him in any debates or anything publicly. But Andy and all these gentlemen are super nice men. Andy's got zero chance, zero chance. And he he had the worst performance of the day. Mainly because he couldn't speak into a microphone. Was talked about Jesse Thomas. It's the first time I had the privilege of meeting Jesse. Extremely bright man. You don't get to be CEO of a major major company without being smart. The problem is with him; he's got no name recognition. Nobody knows who he is. The other problem: he probably should have ran for governor. In in the place of uh, Dan Forrest in 2020. Because his campaign would have been a lot better than Dan. To this day, it's one of the worst campaigns I've ever seen was from Dan Forrest. I've never seen a campaign that bad. Not locally, at a state level. And Jesse, it's probably too little too late. And he's getting older. Maybe two years ago, he should have ran um, for governor in 2020. Nice guy, but he's got no chance. And extremely bright, he's got no chance. That takes us to Dale Falwell, North Carolina treasurer. Obviously, he's good at what he does. He's extremely good at what he does. And he's got a lot of ideas. And a lot of very credible ideas. And a lot of ideas that you go, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. But... Unless something happens between, say, now and January. I don't see him being able to catch Mark Walker. Dale had a really nice performance today. So did Jesse. Jesse did, Jesse did nice today. Jesse did really well today. And I was pleasantly surprised by Jesse. Dale came out and was to the point He had props. He was the only one that had props. He was also the only one taking notes. As the others were, you know, talking off the top of their head, Dale had props. And like I said, he was taking notes. And he did well because he was direct and to the point and he didn't beat around the bush. But I don't know if he can catch Mark Walker. Like I said, something significant would have to happen either for him or against Mark Walker between now and January and February uh, before early voting in March 5th, or excuse me, primary in March 5th. And early voting will start in February. Now let's get to Mark Walker. Mark handled himself extremely well. He stood up while the other candidates were sitting down. He stood up to address the crowd. And then after he did it, everyone else started standing up. He spoke into the microphone, he was clear, he was direct, you could understand what he was saying, you could tell that he's used to speaking in front of people, and as a pastor, you better be used to speaking in front of people, your congregation every week. He's got a lot of ideas that are also good, and I will tell you, most of them, the four candidates, all agreed on the same topics in terms of getting to a point where there's 0% income tax for corporations, getting to a point where there's 0% income tax for people like there are with so many of the other states around the country, Florida, Tennessee, etc. Right now, it appears, and again, a lot can happen between now and January. Just ask Hal Cunningham. But... Right now, it appears that Mark Walker is the viable candidate that can catch Mark Robinson. Now, here's what's going to be interesting in all of this. I also get the sense that Jesse Thomas, if on a debate stage, would go after Mark Robinson like nobody's business. And just so you know, Jesse is also African-American. And I have a business, I have a feeling that he would go after him just like Andy Wells would go after him. And Mark Walker and Dale Falwell, they didn't pull any punches when asked about him today either. But those two specifically, Jesse and Andy, I get the sense, would really go after him hard on the debate stage. And, I mean, really go after him hard. problem is, is Mark Robinson going to actually show up for a debate? Will he debate them? You're hearing there's a lot of indication that he may not. Again, if he keeps losing his lead, if Mark Walker keeps jumping into his lead, went from 58% favor, you know, 58 to 8. Mark Walker was in second. 58% were in favor of Mark Robinson, 8% were in favor of Mark Walker. Well, that's shrunk. That's shrunk a lot. And if it keeps shrinking between now and January then Mark Robinson may not have a choice unless he's just going to stay away and be like Biden and Bud and just not talk to anybody and just like I'm not doing debates, I'm not talking to anybody, and I'm just going to hope that I can win. But the longer that Falwell, Walker, Thomas, and Wells keep touring the state and going after him, that lead's going to keep shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And like I said, I don't know if they can catch them. They might. It'll be interesting to see how many independents actually vote in the Republican primary because they will not vote for Mark Robinson. And they're not going to vote for Mark Robinson in the general election. They're just not. So that's my assessment of what happened today. Um, It was very interesting. And like I said... I think Andy and Jesse are going to be the two that really go after Mark Robinson hard, really hard, while Walker and Falwell will be a little bit more strategic, but also at the same point, not holding back. All right, and you're going to be able to hear, if you missed any of this part of the breakdown in the last 45 minutes, you'll be able to go to WBT.com and hear everything in its entirety, including the audio from earlier today, and it's the only place in the entire planet that you'll hear the audio. All right, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about what happened last night locally in the elections. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to the final minutes of Breaking with Brett Jensen. I am Brett Jensen, and last night I spent um, primary election night here in Mecklenburg County at Mayor Vi Lyle's uh, election party. And it was over there at the Armored Cow Brewery up at University, and she was there with Will Russell. She endorsed Will Russell to to run while while he ran against incumbent Renee Johnson in District Four. And Will did not win. As a matter of fact, I think he lost by like twelve points, something to that effect. Um, and so, you know, I asked. You know, Vi Lyles last night about that whole situation. Like, hey. And she's like, look, yeah, I endorsed Will. He's a great guy. And how am I going to work with Renee Johnson? Well, we just have to be grownups about it. And basically, you could sense that she's essentially saying, hopefully, Renee will get over it. You know, but I will tell you this. And it's not exactly a secret. That. For whatever reason, many of the Democrats, just like with Dimple Ashmira back in 2020, excuse me, in uh, 2019 and 2021, many of her fellow Democrats just did not like her. Well, the same thing is going on with Renee Johnson right now. Many of the Democrats on city council, because there's only two Republicans, the rest are Democrats. Do not like working with her. And, you know, that's a problem. It's one thing if you're from a different party and people don't like you. It's another thing when it's Democrat on Democrat crime. So when you have a mayor and the first and only person she's ever endorsed in a primary is running against the incumbent, what does that tell you? Uh, Ran into Malcolm Graham there last night also, city council member. Hope to have him on in the next week or two. He's going to come in for an hour. Hope to have him in. Um, So not surprising how how everything turned out. Um, Other than the fact this is unbelievable. You had 23,676 people vote last night. Or I should say, not last night, over the course of this primary. 23,600 out of an eligible 482,577. That comes down to 4.9% of eligible voters in the Democrat primary voted. That's exactly what that means. And just... I, I, that, that surprised me a little bit. And, you know, and Mary Liles was like, well, you know, it's it's weird. It's September. We're the only ones voting. It's not – there's no state vo- races or anything else. It's just the county and just the Democrat. She understood it, but she also understood that it was like a little jacked up. So that was really the big race. And then the other, other one, real quick, is uh, Tijuana Brown. She was a convicted felon, served four years. And she beat uh, Warren Turner, um, who also had a lot of baggage coming in. So unless someone can miraculously beat them in November on the Republican side, which I do not see happening, they will be on your city council. All right, everyone. Again, go to WBT.com to check out the Tonight Show, especially about the, the governor forum that happened earlier today over lunch put on by the governor. Uh, Republican Women of Greater Charlotte, and we're going to do this all over again tomorrow. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.